episode 376, Ms. Marvel, season 1, episode 1, Generation Y. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with Samantha. Samantha, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? All right. Good to hear from you again. It's been a little bit of time, but here we are with a new Marvel show. Ms. Marvel. The name is literally in there. Yes. Marvel. I love this up. I love this show already. I really do. For so yeah, many it reasons. was interesting to see some of the reactions online. Now I'm not as jaded as some people might might be when they see negative reactions. I don't automatically assume things about the people who don't like the thing. Uh, but there's been some interesting things going on online where I've seen like what people are, how people are responding. And one of the most interesting things I saw was someone who complained that it felt too much like a CW show. And and then they said, I guess I'm just not the target audience because I'm an old person, you know, or something like that, basically. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to think through, like, what they meant by that. If they meant, like, old school CW, like, where it was, you know, Tree Hill and things mm-hmm. like that, because it doesn't feel like that at all. And it certainly doesn't feel like the DC CW shows that I have my limited experience with this feels like the spider-man movie it like does. it feels like a high energy teenage yeah i mean just the way that there's just there's just an energy to it and then especially the first two spider-man mcu movies where the, there's just that real punk energy and yeah i i don't know i don't know but it certainly doesn't feel like a, a CW show to me. Okay, so I found a bit of trivia on the style of this series. It may be partially based on Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus the World, which I haven't seen. And I want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. Yeah. Um, which has <laughs> a lot of these animated graphics going around the main character, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but that's that's a movie based on an anime not an anime uh, a manga series american manga uh that definitely gets a lot of its style roots from video games and video game cutscenes and sort that sort of thing yeah this did not feel that way to me but i could see someone possibly saying that but that's based on vague memory for me so it's been a long time since i've seen that movie and Really, I've had no urgency to revisit it, uh, but it is definitely relevant to the interests of MCU people because there is an MCU player in that movie. Three of them. Three of them? Well, yes. there's one that I'm thinking of who uh, is very big in the MCU, but if there's yes. others, it's again, it's been such a long time, a long, long time. Well, the three are Chris Evans. He and Brie Larson both starred in that movie. And that movie was also directed by Edgar Wright, who uh, he was going to direct Ant-Man, but he instead got co-writer and executive producer credits. Because he got fired. Creative differences. (laughs) Whatever that means, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I can understand why someone would say... But again, it, to me, it's just that kind of high energy. And for the the movie, it just feels like it's, I mean, it's just referencing video games and referencing the style of video games. And it has like video game graphics popping up, like someone getting hit and coins popping out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, this, to me, I really appreciated the cartoony stuff going on because it's all 
all this conversation about fantasy and all this conversation about living in the real world and, and that kind of thing. But she's just, you know, honestly, this is going to sound strange, but it reminds me stylistically of uh, diary of a wimpy kid. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Not the books. <laughs> the, <laughs> the movie. The, and that's because Diary of a Wimpy Kid takes that diary aspect of how he's drawing throughout the whole book. You know, you're looking at his doodles and, and his thoughts and stuff like that. And that's the same kind of thing that's happening here. And they take that and bring it into the movies. And they're really well done. I mean, they're definitely kid movies for sure. But the way that they incorporate his imagination and his creativity and his art, it's this is a little more sophisticated than that because it's you know full color and it's not so cartoony and it's like got a whole bunch of different you know styles to it and then it also reminds me of into the spider-verse where oh, you've got yes. all the comic book stuff kind of coming around and floating around and stuff like that um when i saw the trailer for it i was not sure what we were getting into but when we see it in context here it really works well in my opinion it really just the vibe and the music and and the energy of the editing and all of that and it just makes for a nice stylistic package. Yeah. Well, do you want to know why I liked the style of the show and why uh, I like the show? Yeah. Made? It reminds me of my life between the time I was 12 to 14, maybe 15. Um the years 16 and 17 for me were really rough because I came down with a really bad health issue. But so much of what she was struggling with in her life, I was struggling with too. It's like, I don't want my parents involved in my life, but I need them. And, uh, you know, kind of like branching away from my family and wanting to spend all my time with my friends and being really into like sci-fi fantasy stuff and having people say, oh, that's ridiculous. You don't need to be in, into that. That's that's for girl. That's not for girls. It's for boys. Oh, come on. The whole sci-fi was created by a woman. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's what uh, yeah that's a very interesting yeah thing that has <laughs> has roots in definitely the yeah the, people definitely say that but yeah mary shelley wrote uh frankenstein and she that's considered the first work of science fiction so <laughs> i mean but i mean and this was way before people were really starting to push to say, hey, science fiction can be for girls and women too, and that's okay. And I mean, and also the whole policing of how a girl dresses and behaves. Oh my gosh. When I was going through my early teens into well into like my, my, my late teens, um, oh gosh, even actually just throughout my entire teens. It was during the Christina Aguilera, Genie in the Bottle, Britney Spears when they first came out and the midriff was a huge thing and it was hard to find something that would not you put into the dryer and shrink on me for a top. <laughs> I and I mean I yeah, and not wearing skin-tight clothes and there was a whole lot of policing and I didn't want to wear skin-tight clothes. I was okay with something a little baggier or a little bit more loose, rather. And it was just hard to go shopping. And what I could find at the store that I liked, what I would bring home, was an issue, uh, not so much for my parents, but for other adults around me. And I, I thought I was dressing modestly. And looking back at photos of myself then, I was dressing modestly for what I could find. But there was still a lot of policing around me for what I was wearing. And I was trying really hard not to break any rules because there were consequences, uh, especially at my school. Um, but I mean, there and there's so much about costuming and clothes and expressing yourself through what you're wearing throughout this entire show. And um, I really um, and just am grateful that they were able to incorporate that. Yeah, I'll I'll also just throw in right now. Um, I only hang dry my t-shirts because I'm at a size where if it gets a little bit small, it doesn't look good, and nobody wants to see my curves. All right, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone cares as much as I care about it, but um, yeah, 
so I'm I'm with you about the whole dryer thing, but um, I'm not with you on the whole like like the clothing thing because that was never an issue for me. Even the dress code that I had at my private high school, I didn't care. It just didn't matter. I would have loved to have been able to wear jeans, but it didn't matter because I just wore pants that were almost like jeans. You know, like for me, it wasn't a big deal. But it was rough on the 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 girls, uh, the students that were with us there at that school. They had the yeah, you know, the whole thing where it had to like touch the knees or couldn't be past the fingertip if your arms were straight down and like two fingers or three fingers wide on the shoulders for the, you know, just different things like that. And it's just on one hand, as an adult who has to like lay down some guidelines for things like that, for different things I'm in charge of, like camps and things like that. Um, and you, you, it's like, well, where do you draw the line? It's gotta be drawn somewhere. And so then you end up in these weird situations though, where it's like, like, yeah, the, the measurements I'm talking about. And when, when you get to measuring like someone's, skirt and I just remember the girls just talking about how it felt so humiliating to like have to like um get down on their knees to make sure they could prove that the 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 hem of the skirt touches the ground and like that's the measurement and it was just this kind of weird like yeah it was just a whole a whole thing and um and even though I was never like a girl I I also though did find myself as I'm watching this being reminded of my own teenage years and yeah. um, being told like to put away childish things uh, as far as the, the geeky stuff goes. And then once people realized it wasn't going anywhere, <laughs> they lived with it <laughs> and it was like, but the friendships too, that was another thing. And then everyone, and see, this is what I like about shows like this. Obviously, Culturally, I have very, very little in common with big city. She's she's Muslim. She's a girl. You know, so culturally, there's all sorts of things going on that I just can't relate to specifically. But I think as you're watching something like this, you're reminded that, you know, people are people and the the mother and father and daughter dynamics that were going on. There were things that I was watching and I was just like having flashbacks somewhat, you know, thinking about my own teenage years. The difference is I also have children who are that age. My middle daughter just got her driver's license. And and so I, you know, I just a couple months ago took her to get her driver's license. And so I'm also the dad, you know, I'm also <laughs> like the one who's looking at my daughters and being like, oh, should she wear that? You know, and I'm also like nervous about like when they're saying, can we go and do this thing? And um, so I'm I'm watching it from both sides and like remembering my teen years and just seeing this kind of universal thing. But then also this is where fiction is also a, a great conduit to be able to experience other people's experiences. And so there's the universal stuff and then there's the specific stuff that you're like, okay, the you know, the, the, the family dynamics. And then there's the, um, the other side of the universal stuff where it's like, I am the dad. (laughs) I I am that guy. I'm not hopefully as embarrassing as he would have been when he painted himself green. I mean, that's a dad who is going all out right there. Now he's going all out in a way that she does not appreciate, would not appreciate. (laughs) You should not expect anyone to appreciate that, but she should at least appreciate how he's trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I actually thought that was really sweet because uh, Mrs. Khan made the costumes, but she put the whole Pakistani uh, Islamic spin on it. With, and I thought that was just really cool. And, you know, in a costume contest, when you do put a spin on a superhero, you I don't sometimes you do win like rank and get a trophy. Sometimes you don't, but you definitely would get a honorable mention. Usually that's what happens. Yeah, I was going to say what I found at a costume contest is anyone who steps up on that stage gets respect. Yeah, just because of the the time it takes to create something and then the bravery that it takes to step in front of people with your creation. Yeah. And now granted, I haven't seen too many, so there may be some where people are just rude (laughs) because 
people are just rude. <laughs> so yeah, they're, but at the same time, um, that whole costume thing that she's dealing with and where she finally is like, I'm going to put my own spin on it. Um, and that's what was really important for her was to be able to like, how can I be the thing I look up to, but also be me. And that's a really big theme in this is she's trying to be herself. And her mom even is like trying to push her to be you, you know, and it's interesting because she's saying, get your head out of the clouds in that cosmic fantasy stuff and focus on your family, your something else, your grades and your story. And mom the mom here she's she's not an idiot you know she's not a uh overbearing well maybe she's a little overbearing but she's not like <laughs> an evil presence in the story it's not like and, and i had a little bit of flashbacks to this as well carrie the stephen king book and 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 then the movie that went along with it where the mom is this overbearing and ultimately in a lot of ways evil presence in in carrie's life and then you also have you know, just her trying to get through high school and and you have all this evil stuff going on as far as the bullying and stuff like that. But I don't. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I don't want to compare Mrs. Khan to Carrie's mom. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I That's what I'm saying, though, is, is, is she's not Carrie's mom. She's not like, I'm going to lock you in the closet, you know, but she's trying to figure out how do I, and, and this is, this is the tension yeah. for every parent. How do I push my child to grow and to become the person that they're going to be? And at the same time, the person I want them to be <laughs> like, that's the push and pull. That's the tension that every parent has. And some parents are better at it than others in one direction. Some parents are better at it than others in other directions where it's like, uh, you know, some parents are just like, I don't care what they do. And, and they they don't try and guide and mentor, you know, and, and parent, they just, mm -hmm. whatever I made it out fine. Um, and, and then other parents are just trying to be so controlling that they don't let their kids, you know, explore anything. And, and that's, that's the push. That's the pull. You don't want your child to like, you know, leave the family. You don't want your child to to leave the family values and but that's also part of growing up is is determining your values and determining you know your your worldview and determining your path and, and your future yeah and there's also the layer two of the the family that immigrated from elsewhere to the u.s there's that whole extra layer too, because the mom, she's trying to continue the traditions of being a pa Pakistani is a Muslim, but, and also trying to raise her daughter in, in those standards and wanting her to be a good person and, a, and someone who's, you know, worthy to be someone else's wife and a mother and a good mother. And she's trying to get her daughter to go in that direction and that's where she and Kamala really have tensions is because Kamala wants to do her own thing. She's, yes, she is like descended from uh, Pakistani Muslims and she, that's part of her culture. But the other thing too, she's also an American teenager. And that's, right. that's yeah. a very common story. And a lot of my favorite movies are about uh, that second generation of kids after, um, or you know the children of of people who immigrate to the U.S. That that's one of my favorite genres, and that push and pull of, you know, staying with the family traditions or being myself and being this American personality that I am because I grew up here. Um, let's see, my big fat Greek wedding is one of them. Um, the big sick is another one. I mean, and I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a <laughs> it's. It's just one of my favorite genres because there's always a happy ending where everybody meets in the middle. And I'm pretty sure that's where this season is going to go is that, that Kamala is going to make some sort of resolution with her family and everybody meets in the middle and she can go and do her thing next year when she's in the Marvels. 
Yeah. The, but the other thing is she's not really rebelling. I mean, she is, there is the rebellion of going to the Avenger con without permission. She's right. definitely disobeying here, but you know, she, she says, it's not like I'm trying to go to a party to do cocaine, you know, which is yeah. from the comic book. So that's the other interesting thing is this episode here. And I'm curious where they're going with future episodes, but there was a lot of this episode that came from the comic book series. And so the Ms. Marvel comic, it's on Marvel Unlimited. I have not been very familiar with it. I have been aware of it, particularly because of uh, Daniel Butcher, uh, the co-creator and and former co-host of this show. Uh, he and his daughter, that was one of the comics that they kind of read together. When I say read together, I mean he got the issues in the mail through his subscription service that he was a part of. And she would take it first and read it, and then he would get to read it. But that was something that they shared and bonded over was this comic book, uh, Ms. Marvel. And it's uh, a lot of it is reflected in this episode. The She doesn't want to go to AvengerCon in the comic. She wants to go to a party. And it's just a general party in the comic. And it's not, uh, there's no cosplay involved, but she is an Avengers fan in the comic. And Zoe is there in the comic. And so in the episode, she rescues Zoe from <laughs> Thor's hammer. And in, in the comic, she rescues her from, from drowning because Zoe is, is drunk and falls in the water. And uh, Bruce, is it Bruce? No, not Bruce. Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno is in the comic and you can tell he's he's got a little something for her in there just from that first story arc. And you wanna talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna have to talk about Bruno. We're gonna have Bruno. to talk about Bruno. Yeah. Which by uh, the way, that's a joke from Stuart. I did not make that up. <laughs> oh, is that the is that the Stuart joke? That's the Stuart joke, yes. Okay. All right. I knew I was aware that there was a Stuart joke coming. He couldn't join us for this because he is uh, are they performing or is it practicing the they odd couple female tonight. version? Okay. They are right. performing. Yes. All right. So that's pretty exciting. Yes. But yeah, uh, Zoe is in there. Uh, the other friend, I can't remember the friend's name, but her other friend is in the comic and the brother is in there. The parents are in there. The relationships and the dynamic between her and her parents is very, very similar. And even some of the the way that the powers are discovered, where it's this kind of accidental thing, there's something a little bit deeper in the comic that's kind of interesting that I won't get into because I would like you to read it. You know, I think it is good, but she uh, takes the form. She's a fan of Captain Marvel, and she takes the form of Ms. Marvel, which is Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel started as a dude. And then something happened where some of his energy got thrown out of him in a, in a battle and Carol Danvers becomes Ms. Marvel. And then eventually Ms. Marvel decides after someone else took the name, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel decides I'm going to be Captain Marvel now because no one else is using the name right now. And she's, she's Captain Marvel to this day in the comic books and, and looks like she does in the MCU. As far as the the blue and gold and red costume, yeah. there's been a couple other Captain Marvels in between there, but it's one of those interesting things because on the DC side, you had Shazam, whose name was Captain Marvel, who was not published by DC. He was published by, oh, shoot, I, I don't have this in front of me and now I just lost it, but um, I think it's Charlton. But comic book geeks just know that I, I know that I might be wrong about that. So <laughs> I, I, you don't have to write in, but actually, no, please write in. We like hearing from people. So yes. please write in to studioavery at gmail.com and let me know how I got it wrong. But um, DC sued the publishers of Shazam, Captain Marvel, because he was too similar to Superman and won the lawsuit, if I remember correctly. But whether they won or lost, it didn't really matter too much because that publisher was kind of going under, uh, although Captain Marvel was outselling Superman for a while. Eventually, uh, DC buys the company. And so in the 70s, they now own the character Captain Marvel 
And Marvel's like, we don't like that. So now we're going to create Captain Marvel, who's Marvel. He's actually like, that's the whole Cree and all that space stuff that's going on in the MCU with Captain Marvel's movie. Uh, it was Marvel was the name of the character, Captain Marvel. And Marvel's like, we're going to use that title because we don't want anyone else to put Marvel on their cover because that'd be horrible if DC was using that name on their cover. And so then you have uh, DC published Captain Marvel comics, but had to call it Shazam. And then recently, in the last few years, they actually officially changed the name of the character to Shazam because they didn't want to have to deal with all of the legal headaches of trying to <laughs> be subversive and have a, a character named Marvel. So anyway, yeah. Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, she is a fan of Captain Marvel. And so she actually makes her first appearance. She's able to kind of change her appearance and her powers are based on size and, and she can shrink down and she can grow, but she can also like make her arms stretch and her hit her fists grow huge and grab people and hit people and things like that. But when she first makes her first superhero appearance, Ms. Marvel's costume is what comes to mind. And so that's the form she takes. And so that's how people start calling her Ms. Marvel. And then there's like a news report, like Captain Marvel hasn't even used that name in forever. Is this someone, is this still her or is this someone, a copycat, you know? And so then she just kind of owns it. And I haven't gotten to a point in the comic where she's actually met Carol Danvers yet. I'm assuming that's going to happen at some point here in the, in the comics. But yeah, so long, long way around, but that's kind of the comic book history of going from Captain Marvel uh, back in the 70s to Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel to now this new Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan. Thank you. And yeah, I <laughs> actually I have wanted to read uh, this version of Ms. Marvel because of Daniel and his daughter reading the comic and listening to the podcast. And I would say, I mean, Marvel Unlimited is a subscription based app that allows you to read comics and there's a huge library that you can just pull from and just read from it's a netflix style of thing but if you liked this episode and you like having comic books whether it's in boxes or on your shelf like as a graphic novel i'd say definitely definitely give it a read because i enjoyed it i enjoyed it quite a bit all right, I'll see what and I can do. I honestly wish I had read it when Daniel was telling me about it instead of waiting until now. Yeah, because I, even before watching this show, I heard not just from Welcome to Level 7 before I was on it, but I also heard from other sources that the new Ms. Marvel was really well written and it's so much fun to read. So I, I, I still would like to read it too. <laughs> well, and so many teenage characters carry a usually you're going to get the angsty energy or you're going to get the fun energy from a teenage character or you're going to get both and this is definitely one that goes like the tv show it, there's both there's the fun there's the enjoying the superpowers there's the discovering the superpowers but then there's also the like, how do I fit in at school? How do I fit in at home? And that's what I really appreciate about this episode was that kind of thing, which is why I say, like, there's a real Spider-Man vibe to me where you have this, this person who aspires to be something more and then gets handed something. Now we'll find out what. I have some theories about this bracelet that she's got. Um, oh, me too. And I think that whoever it was at Nani that they called her Nani, her grandmother. Yeah. I think Nani w was a superhero. I think so too. And I think that we're going to maybe even get some flashbacks to some cool superheroics from, from Nani, but we'll I'm, see. I'm wondering because it was mentioned in this episode, if, Nani was some sort of jinn, which is where we get the concept of the genie. Uh, but it's in like Middle Eastern culture, it's a little bit more 
uh, evil, maybe, or maybe not. I'm not that good. <laughs> I don't know that much about gens, but... Uh, or maybe I'm just influenced by the gen on, on Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything on Supernatural is going to influence you, for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I think Nadi was a super a superhero. I think that Kamala's mother knew about it yes and i because the vibe i get from her mother in some of those scenes especially when you see the the bracelet for the first time yeah the vibe i get is uh uncle owen and nat baru <laughs> in the first star wars movie yes. where they're like no you, you we don't want like, let's i'll hide this you know stay away from my stay away from my nephew obi-wan kenobi now i'm thinking it i i, I think maybe nani was a jinn because it's a little bracelet thing that looks sort of like the bracelet that Genie wore in the movie Aladdin. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. Okay. And <laughs> and Disney products all around there. Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi, Aladdin, and this. Disney products. <laughs> Speaking of, we're not doing our post-credit about Obi-Wan Kenobi, but... No. I have been enjoying that show. Let's talk about it after this season concludes. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I'm... I think it'd be good to get to an end before we discuss it. I do think it's going to be worth spending some time with a post credit about yes. it. But yes. Yeah. So not a lot as far as where is the story going. So there's definitely the interpersonal relationship stuff, but I think we only got one quick glimpse of what might be the antagonist of the show. Oh, really? And that was when she puts on the bracelet, falls backwards, goes into the upside down. And there, there's our stranger things tie in. I think this is a stranger things spinoff, but, um, <laughs> and there's those shadow creatures. I think that is where the gin stuff is going to start coming out is those, those shadow creatures. Okay. Um, I, I think that, I, I think that that's kind of where, the, they're definitely they they name check the gin a couple different times, and then she falls through. She sees these shadow creatures, and my first thought, honestly, though, and this is where you know I talk about the different things that I like, um, and some of them are things that people have heard of, and some of them are things that people have have not heard of. Uh, but like man thing, the swamp creature. <laughs> uh, but there's another. 70s 80s marvel comic book actually i guess just 80s and that is rom space knight and his villains are the uh oh what are they called this is the first i'm hearing about this character rom space knight <laughs> yeah. yeah i love the name his, his villains are shape-shifting creatures that are like shadowy and that people can't see unless they have like special things to see them and rom is based on a toy line that was just one toy it was just this robot <laughs> and, and they came to Marvel like they did with transformers and GI Joe and uh, micronauts and Shogun warriors and all these different toy lines where they said, we need a storyline that goes along with it. So kids know how to play with our toys. And so Marvel created this story and this comic book lasted years and is way better than it has any right to be. It's an incredible series, but you have to get back issues. They have not collected it. They will not collect it because of the rights with Parker Brothers or whoever it was that created the toy. And yeah, I'm trying to remember what the bad guys are called in there, but that's what they kind of reminded me when she when she sees those shadow creatures with with the red eyes. Mm. But. And looking forward to the next episode for sure. Yeah. So, and I try to remember, it feels like I, there's some sort of element in the Jin mythology. This would be something to look up and yeah, I'm ready. Know, find out, but, um, that has to do with shadow. I'm going to have to go and research the Jin mythology. Maybe it could be my bedtime reading tonight. We'll see. <laughs> so, okay. So. We don't know much about what's going to go on with the bad guys. We'll see. Nope. We just have to wait and see. Do you know what's going on with the title? 
because let me tell you about what's going on with the real generation Y, i.e. the millennials. Some of us are starting to need reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> We're not teenagers anymore. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But the title is not Generation Letter Y. It's Generation Why? W-H-Y. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's actually the title of the first story arc, I think. Man, I need to grab my, my comics now. Uh, or my app, rather. But I think that the first story arc of the comic is Generation Y as well. Okay. Okay, but that I makes sense. Because I was sort of wondering, is this actually set a few years ago? No, it can't be because this is post-Endgame. So, because that means that's actually in a couple of years in the future. Or maybe it's the second story arc, because Ms. Marvel Volume 2 is Generation Y. Okay. Ms. Marvel Volume 1 is No Normal. No Normal. Okay. Oh, but looking at the cover, seeing the cover of this. Uh, oh, by the way, this is free on Prime. The cover? If you have Prime. I don't. <laughs> You can read through Kindle and Comixology. You can read Ms. Marvel. Oh, nice. Huh. Cool. Uh, so seeing the cover art, there was a lot of comic book art that was repurposed in this show. And I'm not just talking about like you see something that one of the characters on the screen strikes a pose that's similar, but the posters on her wall were some of those posters were cover art from the Captain Marvel comic book series, which is another thing that they do in the comic book series. Ms. Marvel comic book has her with the cover art from the Captain Marvel comic book is it's on her wall in her room. And so they do that here where she's got posters that are comic book covers from real comics that we can purchase and buy and that we're on the shelves in our world, but they've repurposed as, as fan posters for this world where Captain Marvel exists as a real person. Nice. And there's some other things in the closing credits. Ah. When you see some of the artwork on the buildings as you know, with the, they're panning over the buildings and you see like graffiti stuff kind of appear and disappear. Some of those things were from the comic books as well. And this picture of, of Ms. Marvel where she's wearing a t-shirt, she has the lightning bolt S on her shoulder or on her, on her shirt. And then she has a, a scarf around her neck. Um, that picture was used, uh, I think when they showed the actress's name uh, for uh, the, the end credits, but they, they were using, and referencing the comic books pretty heavily. And that's another thing I really appreciate about this. And I can only appreciate it more now having read the comic book. Uh, I read the comic book after I watched the episode. So I wasn't watching the episode and saying, Oh, this is so like the comic, but the comic book artwork that I did recognize when they were showing some of those things. And, and then as I was reading the comic book, I was like, Oh, that panel, I saw that panel on that thing. So I did it's, recognize it, a couple things, like Kamala sitting, well, this has just been show art, not shown in the show yet, but Kamala sitting on top of the light lamppost. Mm. I, I did recognize that, because I think that's like the iconic look for Kamala. But, yeah, and, yeah. And then you add to that the fact that this is a creative character who enjoys being creative and who is you know, doodling and drawing. And then you also have, you know, the, the things appearing around her and it's not reality. No one else can really see it, but it becomes a style for the show. And it's, it's, yeah, I really, really like and appreciate that is, I mean, they make it a part of her character development. Now I really want to read this comic book series. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, I don't know how much it costs to buy. Hmm. Oh, maybe for Kindle. Yeah, Kindle is usually a little bit cheaper. Oh, this. 
I think it's the entire volume one for 99 cents on Kindle. Really? That might be a special pricing because of the show. Maybe. Because they'll do that every once in a while. Every once in a while, Daniel Butcher will send me, hey, we got Essential This is on sale or whatever it might be. Omnibuses and stuff that are on sale. But Okay, yeah, it's free on Kindle. Uh, volume 2 is $1.99. I, I might get it on Kindle. Yeah, that's that's really cheap. I'm curious yeah. though. They also have Audible audiobooks. Huh. It's only an hour and 36 minutes, so I'm wondering how they read that. I don't know. I have to spend an Audible credit in order to buy it, so I I wonder if they do like an uh adaptation like a full cast kind of a thing or not Maybe. i don't know we'll see i don't know we won't i'm not gonna right buy now. it i'm not buying that so <laughs> okay we won't see but if anyone has ever listened to it please let me know I'd, I'd love to hear about it yeah do you have any other notes left because my last note that i have is about the post credit for this episode yeah i don't really and and part of it is because I do want to make sure that this episode doesn't go too long because I am in between weeks of camp. And this is uh, those of you who have spent long time listening to the Welcome to Level 7 um, know that every year I, I go with my family to a camp that um, gives the camp experience to families who have people in their family with disabilities who wouldn't normally be able to experience a full on week of camp. And, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of hard work. But we're squeezing this episode in in between weeks, and we'll be doing the same thing next time, too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Samantha, I don't have anything else for my notes. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that end credit, then. What would you like to say about this end credit, Samantha? Oh, we – everything is connected. <laughs> That's what I want to say. I mean, we already knew that. Yeah. But, yeah, this is an interesting little development. Yeah, and you mentioned Spider-Man, and this is a character from Spider-Man from No Way Home talking about Kamala. And I'm wondering, I mean, are we going to... We are going to eventually see Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel together, I'm going to guess. Because they're supposed to be a new Avengers that we're working towards, I believe. I mean, it's possible they haven't really said... Exactly. We're definitely getting a the, the Marvels movie that'll have multiple characters in it. But I mean, if you look at all of the different things we have for new Avengers, the things that I look at her and think, oh, it'd be exciting to see her with someone. I would love to see her working with Spider-Man. I would love to see her working with the Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger. We won't, but I'd love to. <laughs> uh, and and even America Chavez, you know, and and as far as these younger characters, those are the ones that come to mind first as thinking, oh, there'd be a good mix there. But Lady Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. I think they would do well together. Kate Bishop and Kamala Khan. But I... I'm curious, like the, there is nothing announced about Avengers five. And so I'm just very curious, well, where are we going with phase four? And, and so far with the number of hours that have gone into phase four with all the different TV shows, um, I mean, if you take agents of shield out of the equation, phase four is much bigger than phase one, two, and three ever were. And yet I don't feel like we have any sense of direction from phase four hmm. and other than introducing new character, new character, new character, new character, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel. And how do they interfold with all the whole multiverse stuff that we're building towards as well? Yeah. 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 It's, it feels a little bit like 
we're in phase one again, or maybe phase two, where we're just introducing characters and building towards something bigger, eventually, hopefully. Here's the other thing it feels, though. I think it feels a little more honest than phase one and two. Because they were trying to like build towards something with phase one and two, but then they kept having like retcon change, you know, the, the gauntlet was in, uh, the gauntlet was in Asgard, but then no, that was a fake one. That was fake. You know, and and we, well, we'll just throw in a scene where Hela walks by and calls it fake so that we don't have to worry about it being there because we need it over here for it to work with the story that we're creating. And so maybe, maybe just be more honest and they are just kind of making up as they go along and saying, Hey, we got new characters. Let's see what sticks. And then we'll, I I don't know. I don't know, but I'll say this though. It doesn't really matter too much to me that I don't feel a sense of direction for phase four. As long as I feel a sense of direction for the story we're sitting in right now. And I definitely feel that Shang-Chi, I felt like I know this is a movie that has a story that's going to hear and, and Hawkeye, we get six episodes. It's going to start with him. Can he get home for Christmas? He meets Kate Bishop and he gets home for Christmas, but he's not alone. He brings Kate Bishop home with him. You know, (laughs) like that's, and it's a complete story. Does it set up things? Yeah, sure. But the things that are set up don't matter for that story. And I, I feel like that's going to be the same thing here with Ms. Marvel. Um, although, like I said, I don't feel like we know much about what the antagonism is going to be behind things. There's shadow creatures. And then there's this post credit, which is a guy who was investigating in, in Spider-Man no way home. Yeah. Which watching this post credit, I wondered, is this guy and, alien that can i forget the name of the species but they can the scrolls the scrolls is he actually a scroll because we also have the secret invasion movie coming up eventually is he a scroll or does he is don't, he human? i don't think he was i don't think he was he Doesn't was mean he can't be that's that's true <laughs> i mean that's the thing with the whole shape-shifting thing secret invasion was a comic book series where the whole series rested on the idea of there are certain people who have been replaced with scrolls and have been replaced by scrolls a long time ago. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, but no, this guy, he was, I think he was the one who was like investigating. I need to go back and watch, but I think he's the one who was investigating some of the stuff going on with Mysterio and, but I, I just don't remember much about him. Uh, I, well, he was definitely in no way home. Yeah. Cause he was threatening to take Peter away from Aunt May. And that, that made me that angry. Was? Yeah. That was the okay. same guy. All right. Yeah. And that's why they had to call in a really good lawyer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which we will okay. talk about that scene later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's close this one down then. We'll do a quick post credit and then we will uh head back to real life. Okay. <laughs> and, and out of the fantasy world. So do you have any any final words? Yes, I will say thank you for listening, and I would also like to give a special shout-out to our Patreon patrons, Andrew, Jeffrey, Tazzle, 084, Blessed Cheesemaker, Julie, and Dave. Thank you all so very, very much. I want to thank you so much for listening as well. Thank you so much for spending time with us, and I just want to ask you to send us voicemails you can send us a uh, email to studioavery at gmail.com you can also contact us by looking us up through facebook and like i said uh, voicemails through the number that is going to be heard over the credits right now because i don't have that in front of me and until next time i just want to say advice in life advice wherever you are Love the people around you. Don't hate the player. Hate the game.
Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one 5 level 7 That's one 553 8357 Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Welcome to Level 7, the 7 is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. Hey, Samantha, did you hear the news about the new Marvel movie that is going to be in theaters this year? The brand new movie? No, <laughs> not brand new, just regular new. And by regular new, I mean like 15 to 18 minutes maybe will be new. But Spider-Man No Way Home will be in theaters again with an extended cut. An extended cut that will be just about 15 to 18 minutes longer. And the date for that will be, I believe... Labor Day weekend. Is it? I think so. Uh, scanning the article. Uh, we where are is re- the, where's the date? It's in here. Tickets will September be available 2nd. August 9th. Yeah, tickets available uh, August 9th, and it will be released on Labor Day weekend. Which is kind of cool. There'll be a lot more content. It'll be a lot longer movie, but I think we'll, it'll be fun. To, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more of the other Spider-Men and... Maybe even a little bit more of Matt Murdock. We'll see. Yeah. I was reading that in the article too. That Because I, if you recall, when we talked about No Way Home, I think, or at some point in the past few months, I have mentioned that there was a cut of that scene with Matt Murdock where there's a joke where Happy says something about being a little foggy about something, about the details. Yes. yes. And that's a reference and to when he cut. played... Foggy in the Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see that. That'd be a fun line to see. And yeah. But that's the news for the new Marvel movie coming out in September. And with that, I think it's time to say goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Talk to you later, Samantha. Everyone else, thank you for joining us. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.